0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with The Take On for the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, lovelies. It's Amir Yasai with The Take On. And we're back with my good friend, Jane Johnson. Hi, sweetheart. How are you?
1: Hi, Amir. So excited to just take on this pod with you.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, me and Jane are in the trenches hosting <laughs> together, doing stand-up. I mean, you do so much. Um, you you know, do your own uh, comedy night. Uh, you're such a great host. You've interviewed some amazing people, lots of bravo celebrities. lots of celebrities. You are really one of the hardest-working people I know. We kind of encourage each other to always be on that beat of pop culture and really kind of know what's going on in the world. Um, I wanted to ask you, what's like one of the most delicious like pop culture things right now? We have a lot going on, you know, with Leah Michelle, the Kardashians, you know, Kanye running for president. There's so many things. What's something that you're just like, oh, this is too good to be true?
1: I mean, yes, there's so much going on to the point where it's a little bit of a sensory overload. You know, you kind of yep. got to th- rake through that that muck. I escaped to the woods for a little because I just couldn't handle it all. But <laughs> I I uh, yeah, 4th of July when Kanye came out saying that he was going to run for president. I mean, this is the moment that we have. Known about. It's been teased at what was that, the VMAs in like 2016 when he said he was going to run for president. And what we've learned is that when a um, narcissistic reality star says that they're going to run for president, you need to just believe them. You need to just believe them (laughs) and and know that it's going to happen. And it seems like, you know, if Elon Musk joins that ticket, then we're going to create a whole new country in space. So, I'm for it because, you know, Kanye is outwardly crazy and Trump yep. t- tries to deny his crazy. So if we can just get an a, an a lunatic in office that at least owns it, then we're making some progress.
0: There you go. I like that. At least we know <laughs> what we got with Kanye, where I feel like Donald Trump's kind of hiding his crazy. At least with Kanye, we kind of know what we're getting. And remember, (laughs) I feel like behind every great man, there's a better woman. And I think that Kim K could be one of the best, um, you know, nothing like Michelle Obama, but I think she'd be a great first lady. I mean, I think Kim could really handle that job.
1: I mean, none of these options are good. So (laughs) I just, at least Kim will get like five people out of jail every year. True. (laughs) True.
0: (laughs) That <laughs> is true. That is very true. And you know, imagine the Kardashian keeping up with the Kardashians filming in the White House. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? In the Lincoln bedroom, we oh have a fight between Chloe and Kim. I mean, come on. That's
1: epic. Ryan Seacrest is probably just jerking off to photos of Kim in the White House right now. He's gonna be so <laughs> loaded. He it's probably so is so loaded from all this. Oh my god. It's like it, I can't it's such even good deal. Press. <laughs> Every
0: time we think it's a last season for keeping up with the Kardashians, they do some shenanigans and you're like, wait a second, they have to come back for another season. <laughs> like it's crazy. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Like I hope, it, I mean, obviously we got what six episodes out of Kardashians this year, um, yep. this season and then quarantine hit and everything hit the fan and Scott like abandoned us to go to rehab. And I hope that they cover that because you know, they do normally cover everything, but yeah, that's so wild. Like someone found him in, in a zoom meeting from rehab or something and leaked it. Could you imagine? Oh my the God. The, the
0: audacity, to to the audacity.
1: Expose someone like that. Let's got live. Let's got mm-hmm. live, but let's keep them Let all out of the White House it. as Ugh. well. Let's just, let's just try <laughs> to go with Chris Cuomo. That's my actual, I I, I would like Chris Cuomo to follow in his brother's oh, yeah. footsteps become governor and then be our president because andrew cuomo oh, I would love is obviously on the little black book list of epstein allegedly so mm-hmm. let's go with the hotter allegedly. one allegedly i'm cuomo <laughs> sexual listen
0: i always go with the hotter one i like that i'm down with that jamie i wanted to ask you about epstein island okay so there's all this like a lot of alleged stuff around, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's island, travel logs, and kind of this hedonistic island. And, you know, Woody Allen was on the flight logs and apparently Bill Gates and him party, and all these celebrities were a part of it. It's like his little black book is kind of being leaked everywhere. Um, what are your thoughts about all of this? It's kind of crazy.
1: It is so crazy. And did you see um, the whole like Wayfair conspiracy about uh, child trafficking with yeah. Wayfair and they denied that? It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Like apparently Wayfair was selling these uh, like chest of drawers for like $10,000 and they were named after like kids where if you Google them on some Russian website, they're like children what? who are available for like naked photo. I, I don't even. Oh
0: my God. I literally just bought something from Wayfair and it arrived today. It you was must so be multi-layered.
1: Joking. And then of course, you wow. know that like Amir and I really do get excited about all of these, um, like Ellen conspiracy theories and things on <laughs> Twitter. And so now Ellen's getting questioning for her Wayfair partnership. <laughs> during the conspiracy theory. But Wayfair came out and and denied that. They're like, no, we're just trying to, like, name chest of drawers after people, and they have no (laughs) connection to little naked children.
0: Wow. (laughs) What is going on in the world? And then the whole Oprah sex trafficking thing, and then Ellen sex trafficking, and being on house arrest. And there's so much, like... I feel like the world... Like, there's this organization called QAnon, and there's, like kind of spreading these conspiracy theories. And the whole Epstein Island is one of their things as well. And I'm like, I was diving deep and I was like, I probably shouldn't be on this website right now.
1: Oh my God. There was one night in quarantine when the little black book got leaked. When, um, when anonymous was doing all of their like crazy stuff online and they released the little Uh black book of his. And I, it was like 4am. I had insomnia just like reading through all the list of names. I was like, Oh no, Naomi Campbell. Oh my God. (laughs) yeah i I think think it's a lot of it's like a sun comes up like this is not (laughs) healthy
0: oh my god that's amazing jane and i think a lot of these celebrities kind of like a lot of times it's like their handlers that are like oh you're gonna go to this amazing luxurious island and they don't really like celebrities don't question a lot so like if their people tell them to go they're like sure so now they're getting caught up in this whole thing and it's like uh uh-oh
1: Well, you know, in L.A., it's like I have those friends who are like, yeah, in my early 20s, like I was just going on private planes to the Bahamas with these men. And like, that's just L.A. And I'm like, what? I I'm sorry. I was like working in advertising at that time. I had no exposure to these like random private planes going on. Trips to islands um, that that yeah. could have been nice, um, but that would have been I, nice. But nobody asked in hindsight, me. hindsight, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you know I wasn't boarding jets with um, rich people and getting wrapped up in their little book. But yeah, the the Yolanda thing was insane. Hiding, mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking her name is Gislaine, which would be fitting. But yeah. it's what I is her name?
0: Guzlane. Gislaine,
1: Gislaine. Something French. Lane. Gislaine. Um <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> she she was hiding on the ranch, which also like Gigi and Bella were there taking photos for Vogue. So were they just like uh, split splitting bread with Gislaine having brats on the Fourth of July? Like what what are they doing on that farm on. over there?
0: Well, again, this is alleged. Yolanda's denied this. But then now there's pictures of Luann with Guzlane too. So it's like Luann Delisep's from Roni. So it's kind of like, what is going on? Guslane must have worked her way into all <laughs> these social circles. This Lane was
1: very much invested. And I mean, we just hope that she lives to tell the tale of everything that went down so that we can finally have some more closure on all of this instead of just alleged speculation. But obviously I watched that four part uh, documentary on Epstein and it was just so sad what everyone had to go through, you know, Mm. Um, it, it was really, really tragic and, you know, very dark. It's very dark, and the fact that yeah. the island is so gorgeous—like, probably—I I mean, that island is beautiful, but it's such a dark place for them. So, I right, mean, right. now I have to abandon loving that color scheme of the white and blue with the ocean side. <laughs> um, it's no longer. You can a vibe. like
0: another island. You can like it's another. It's no island. longer another a vibe. That
1: you. yeah, it's like the Santorini look is now so faux pas. Um, and wow. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that that this human trafficking circle has affected your aesthetics, Jane.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I matched with I this it. guy and he texted me a photo of his pool. And it was like the same color scheme. And I was like, should I not go now? <laughs> this white and blue You're too pool? Much. I, I you was, are too <laughs> much. <laughs> it's too much. Too much. Just it's too just much. too
0: much. I mean, was on a, a lighter guard note, out there, <laughs> you are too much. I mean, listen, uh, you're going with your gut, and you know what? I'm sure in a couple months things will pass, and I'm sure you'll go back to loving that Santor- Santorini scape, You know, I'm sure Who things knows? will go back to normal. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you on a lighter note. I've been watching these reaction videos. Um, with Whitney Port and her husband um, that you put me onto. And I, I'm flabbergasted as to how good it is. And I'm on episode 18 and I'm like rewatching these episodes with them. And it's, quite engaging. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about these reaction videos?
1: Oh, my God. The rabbit holes that I've been down in quarantine are limitless. (laughs) The limit does not exist. I got obsessed with rewatching The Hills. Then I moved on to rewatching The City, uh, which is pretty niché, as we like to say. Mm Yes, it is. The MTV show from, what was it, like 2009? Um, with Whitney Port in the city in New York, um, yeah, rolling around with socialites and, and, uh, yeah. So I've been watching her reaction videos, rewatching the series with her husband, Timmy, and Mm. I love Timmy's sense of humor. He's very funny and they're so cute together. And they're just like couple goals. So I watch it sort of mostly just to manifest. I I've already rewatched all of the city, so I don't need to rewatch the city itself, but just their rapport is so cute. And they talk about how they were like falling in love behind the scenes on set. Um, So I like getting a little sense of the behind the scenes nostalgia from them.
0: Yes. I mean, I, that's kind of why I was watching it too. It's, it's always nice. And I remember there was one scene where he was like in the background and it's like, oh, like I love that. Like he was like at a party just like working and, you know, kind of falling for her in some ways. It's, it's really and it's also really nice to especially us being reality TV junkies. It's so nice to see the evolution of a villain, like the way that they kind of made Olivia this villain and even like Whitney feels sorry for it it's like they added some words and you know 80 yards some stuff um what were your thoughts about like Olivia kind of not really that much of a villain because when I watched it the first time I was like she sucks
1: I don't even know because I do feel like some of it had to have been true but it seemed Mm -hmm. like in those times with reality tv they would just like do whatever they could could to mess with the talent. Like, producers would just Mm -hmm. do these ridiculous things. And I don't necessarily know if it's exactly like that anymore, but, like, a decade Mm. ago, I feel like if they wanted to make you into a villain, they would, and they would do things to really amp up the drama and so I think from their behind the scenes reactions it's interesting that like they were talking about how uh producers probably put this in her ear or that in her ear and she felt at a certain point especially in season two like they were just coming for her and she didn't really want to be a part of the way that they were skewing her. And so that's why in a lot of scenes she would just get up and walk out when really it m- made her look worse that she would just abandon a conversation before it even began because it was like, Oh right. wow, this girl really doesn't know how to deal with conflict and she doesn't like being attacked. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was interesting. But I I also went down a rabbit hole on that because I was learning more about the socialite scene in New York. And Mm -hmm. apparently our dear Tinsley Mortimer from Real Housewives of New York was the predecessor for Olivia Palermo Mm -hmm. in the socialite scene. And that was back in those days when they had... they had one of those uh, websites that was basically documenting all of the social scene in New York at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was around the time, Uh, that I was in college and my sister was in college and there was juicy campus. And then it turned into college ACB, but that was blogs were created for people to anonymously just troll each other and write random gossip pieces about each other. And USC had that
0: too. Yeah. And that
1: got really dirty really quick, but I think Mm -hmm. it must've stemmed from the New York socialite scene. And that's what gossip girl was based off of. And that's why oh. Tinsley had her own cameo as herself on Gossip Girl because it was kind of based yes, around her and even Olivia Palermo. Oh,
0: interesting. Wow, that's like a really good teen. I, I remember Tinsley, even though obviously that show bred a lot of famous people like Penn Badgley and Blake Lively, she was, Tinsley was like a big get for Gossip Girl to have her on there because she was like really famous. Like even when she's on Rony, people are like, who is she? And I'm like, she was the utmost like A-list socialite in New York.
1: Yeah, she was the it girl. The it girl.
0: It was like Vogue. I mean, it was like, she was like really kind of created that quintessential socialite vibe. It's a very interesting
1: article. I think it's in The New Yorker. And man, it was a read. It probably took me like 20 minutes to get through. It was long. And (laughs) I loved learning every little little detail. Amir, that um, website at USC, did they ever write about you on it?
0: That's such a good question, such a Jane question. Um, no, I was, um, I was such a good Muslim boy, I was like not even dating, and I was like barely drank, I was like so good. So, I was in my little Muslim dorm,
1: <laughs> believe
0: it or not, USC had a Muslim dorm, honey, and I was there, um, you know, and so I was definitely staying in my lane, but I had a lot of friends who were in there, and they Honey, they will slut shame you. They will write your full name out. I mean, it was a burn book of all burn books. There was this one girl, and at the time she had a thousand Facebook friends. And imagine a thousand friends was like having a million friends today. And, and she would walk around campus, you know, and just own it. And she, like, they would rip her apart. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: Who, I don't know who was writing in there and who was managing it, but it was really, it was the predecessor for Perez Hilton for sure.
1: Well, yeah, anyone could write in there. There was yep. one time, yep. um, someone wrote out of nowhere, Jane Johnson has a rectal prolapse and I, what? I had to look up what it meant. Cause I had no idea. I was like, what is this? And then I looked it up and it was like something where you can't control your muscles back there. And
0: I was yeah. Like, it's called a pink. The nice version. Jane is a pink sock. A A pink pink sock,
1: sock. yuck! Yeah, so someone someone wrote that about me and I was like, what the hell? And obviously my friend, one of my friends who just loves starting drama like texted me immediately Mm -hmm. and was like, check this out on College ACB. And I was like, you wrote this, didn't you? But he denied it. So I, you couldn't delete anything on that site. So then it was at Mm -hmm. the time of the royal wedding of Kate Middleton. and, And so I just like, bombarded that site posting a bunch of comments about the royal wedding <laughs>
0: <laughs> so smart jane so that smart.
1: my comment would go to like the second and third page so i i just posted all this stuff about the royal wedding and then someone commented on there like one of one of my good friends we'll call her uh becky They were like, Becky looks Mm. like Kate Middleton. I like saying all this random shit about all the stuff that they would do to her sexually. And then they all start just like going in on this girl. And I was like, oh, no, no, I started this. (laughs) 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 And then eventually I just had to to log off the site because I was like, this is too much. But that was the only bad thing that was ever said about me. I did have some good things said about me, but, but, you know. I mean, I had to Google what it was, so there wasn't any truth to it. So I had to barrage the site with just random info about the Royals.
0: Oh, poor Jane (laughs) having to look up rectal prolapse, not knowing what it is. I love that. I know. Um, I'm not a gay
1: muscle man like you.
0: No, you don't know these things. So you don't. You, if you're in the gay community, you would definitely know what a ping sock is. So, um, <laughs> um, I love that. Um, listen, the first um, kind of moments where I really started to fall in love with you was when I saw some of your roast battles, and then you know, you obviously host your own night uh, with Bird Bath Comedy, and like being a fierce female comedian. You have a partner, and you guys are like killing it. Um, talk to me a little bit about taking up a very stereotypically white het, you know, kind of space like just run by like straight white males in hoodies. How did you infiltrate that space and kind of like take over and like do your own thing? Oh my god.
1: Um, I mean, there are so many female comedians out there that Mm -hmm. um, all just want to be referred to as comedians and Mm -hmm. so, I I mean it's kind of frustrating that it even needs to be a conversation, but inherently, you know, we're often talking about things from our own POV and our own perspective as a female. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of it. And I feel like in LA and New York, especially it's very, um, It is more commonplace for a lot of women to be in the scene here and a lot of BIPOC, a lot of LGBTQ talent, like it's a a huge melting pot. But when you go to other cities, it's less common. And I mean, even here, there is still stuff like it would just be very often that, you know, you'd go to a show or a mic or whatever it is. And and someone would be there just sizing you up like some dude would be there sizing you up like, oh, how long that's the the worst question is like, how long have you been doing comedy for? because they want to see if you just got on the lineup because you've been doing it for like six months and you blew somebody. Like it's just, it's the most condescending Mm. question that you could be asked from a a male comic is how long have you been doing this for They're sizing you up immediately. And then, and then the most satisfying thing is to go up and kill. And then for them to go Mm -hmm. up and completely bomb, that's always what's cool.
0: (laughs) That's the best. Yeah. That must feel so good to be like, fuck off, dude. Because
1: they're asking that question because they're insecure. And so that just always is, like, really annoying to get. Um, and I, do, I did uh, do some shows, what was it, like February in Chicago, and I had done mm-hmm. shows in Chicago before, but for whatever reason, the most recent time that I went there to do shows, I, um, I was at a mic and then I did, um, some sets at the laugh factory and mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, cause I'm from Chicago. So I'm very, you know, familiar with Chicago itself but for whatever reason that trip I kept getting all these crazy male hecklers just like screaming things when I was on stage and it's like it's like they had never seen a woman do comedy before or like they were so against it and just like had no idea how to handle themselves and I was like what the hell is going on here like it's 2020 get over it and And the mic that I was doing was, yeah, the mic that I was doing was at some bar and it was just like some guy sitting at the bar, just so jaded and upset watching like car commercials, just screaming at me. And I was like, oh my God, get a life, dude. It's like a Tuesday and you have nowhere to be but here alone at the bar. So I don't know. It's always.
0: You loser. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I don't remember what I said, but I roasted him from, from stage and put him in his
0: place. I love that. You need to. You roasted me with something really amazing. What was it? You said I had the attention span of a child star. What was it? It was really good. I
1: said Amir has the professionalism. Or no. Oh, my God. I said Amir has the demeanor of a child star, but the professionalism of Lindsay Lohan and Mykonos, bitch.
0: (laughs) It's so true. For anyone that knows me, knows that's very true. It's so accurate. It's
1: so Um, good. Amir is amazing. I love
0: it. Oh, thank you, Janie. Um, I I think when you roast people, you have to really not only be secure in yourself and kind of be very self-aware, which you are, and then you're able to like, what's the trick to roasting? Like a lot of people are like, oh, it just seems mean, but it's very calculated. It's not just about being mean. Yeah. Like, you have to be funny. Well,
1: for Roast Battle in particular, that's um, the show mm-hmm. that is at the Comedy Store that they have a, a deal on Comedy Central, and they do all of the the celebrity roasts and all that. I mean, Jeff Ross has, like, built an empire, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, he really
0: has. Yeah,
1: so I was getting into that scene before everything shut down, so currently undefeated with the roasts but um
0: love it yeah so
1: that was really fun for me to do because a lot of it is just so um so ridiculous and out there and and it's a really great way to own your own faults or insecurities is just have other people who you trust just rip on them and then go at people Mm -hmm. it's very oddly therapeutic um to just like attack people with your words and have them attack you back. Like it's, it's a really bizarre thing because then you laugh so hard at what clever thing your friend came up with. And then it's like, Oh, I, I, I literally don't feel like I'm insecure about that thing anymore. It's, it's really strange. Um, but I loved that so much. And, uh, basically, the, the whole kind of trick to that is that it's about word economy. So you want to Mm -hmm. basically throw a punch with your words. So if you're writing a paragraph that you're going to recite about somebody about how much they suck, um, it's not gonna, it's not gonna pack the same punch as if it's like a 10 word or less joke. So word economy mm. is really important in roast battles, so that people just get it immediately and and are shocked by it and laugh, and then you're on to the next thing. So with that, you mm. you kind of okay. for the most part um, sort of write out your offense. At least you know, in the stage I was at, uh, I was writing out my offensive lines, and then you think of all the stuff about you that uh, could be on the chopping block and they could attack you for. So you you got to get really self-aware to be like, "Oh, this is um all the stuff about me that sucks." And then and then you can start <laughs> and then you can start to think about what your retorts would be if they if they came at you for that, and especially in the context of battling that person, um what about them could make for a good line or a good joke in response. And uh, oh. and then from there, you you can kind of plan out when you're gonna say which offensive moves, but you have no idea when you're gonna have to retort with whatever defensive moves. So, um, it in that sense is very much like a comedic debate. Like I never did debate team, but I feel like that's how it felt. Planning for it was like this is a mm-hmm. this is a debate about who sucks wow. more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You really are the roast master, honestly, with that info. And I love the word economy. That's like really smart because a lot of people kind of they just try to talk a lot and kind of like zone everyone out. But like, if you say something impactful in like one sentence, it's a lot better.
1: Yeah. It's, it's ultimately a writing showcase. And so, um, I mean, you have to write so many jokes just to be able to have like three solid ones or five solid ones, because um, you just test them out and see what works over and over. And then, um, and then you really need to bring in just like those super strong, punches that you know will work because it's a it's a high pressure cooker environment when you have right. a bunch of white male judges um a mm-hmm. lot of you for being someone who has tits like it's just <laughs> it, there's no rules mm-hmm. in that space and so you do kind of have to bring on uh you you were asking about other tips i um you have to kind of Bring in a little bit of an aggro energy, and <laughs> <Yeah>. and and <laughs> say your jokes in a way that, like, you know they will kill. So that's mm-hmm. um, something that I learned from doing that is just like the importance of being more meticulous with writing and then delivering them in a way that it's like, I know that this is hilarious. That's what I kind of learned from the battle. And then also obviously being able to adapt to what was said. Um, so you kind of get to work on your crowd work. I, I got into a space where I was starting to just like do that with the audience, especially at my bird bath show, I would just Mm -hmm. roast the audience members up top and that was really fun. (laughs) Um,
0: That's really fun. That's like the true art of a good comedian is someone that can do crowd work and and kind of play with the audience. And I'm always in awe of that because it looks so natural. And it's like, I know it's not. It's like something that you have to work at.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the funny part about it because you have to kind of couch it so that it looks like you're coming up with it on the top of your head. But I would would go to... to our show in West Hollywood bird bath and see the audience filing in and just sort of like pick on a few people and write some jokes down before mm-hmm. I go up there and then just mm-hmm. fire them off. So the practice of writing for roast battle really <laughs> helped me and, and watching and studying um, like bumping mics with Jeff Ross and Dave tell is really good at that. It's it, they, they really, are so good at it because they have so much practice that, um, they're, they're really rattling them off. But there are, even for those kind of jokes, there are sort of formulas almost like just setups, Mm -hmm. you know, like if, if Mm -hmm. you're here, then who's working at Starbucks, or if you're here, then who's working (laughs) at the Supreme store on third, you know, or like, there's certain right, right, things right. like that, um, like did you just come mm. from a blank convention? Just like stuff like that that you can kind of mix and match. That they've sort of set the outline for. That I feel like if you mm-hmm. watch enough of their roasts, there are certain patterns that you can kind of find.
0: Absolutely, and it's like I think for a lot of people that don't understand comedy, they're like so impressed by that. Oh my god, you worked at Starbucks, and they like it really gets people going. Yeah, so it's a good setup. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. The best... I wanted to ask you... The best is,
1: like, when you're performing and just something magical happens. Like, I always love when there's, like, a group of just, like, basic white girls with their wine glasses (laughs) and then, like, they're just watching the show and all of a sudden one of their alarms goes off and and you just know it's their birth control alarm and you can just go in on them for that. (laughs) Like, just stuff like that where, (laughs) you know, after doing it for a while, it's just those kind of moments where they're like, wow, you just ripped on me for being a sexually active Starbucks bitch. And it's so funny because <laughs> it takes one to know one, you know?
0: Right. Right. And it's not coming from like, yeah, it's kind yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it comes from a good place and it, and it's like rooted in just being funny and not, mean you know and it's like people respond to that people can tell the difference you know and I that's what I appreciate about your comedy it's always on the line of being like you know you've roasted friends of ours and it's like <laughs> they, can't hand, they can't hang you know <laughs> but like you always know who can hang you know yeah
1: and, and you for the tell. most part like if you're going to a comedy show and and sitting there in the front row like you're probably down to be roasted um totally. and and that's just I I just started to love that part of it. Um, And that's why I love the live, the live experience. And it, it sucks that it's it's not really a thing right now. Everything I'm doing is shut down Right. right now, but you know, it's all good. It's all good, baby.
0: It's all good, baby. But talking about things you are doing, you've been doing a lot of amazing interviews with bravo celebrities in quarantine. Um, what is one of your favorite interviews um, and why? I wanna oh my know. God. You've done some really cool You know ones. what's
1: so funny is like, I have done a lot of interviews As have you, Amir You do all these amazing Bravo Liberty interviews And and beyond So many people from Netflix And MTV And, you know Anyone that you guys Thank love you. Amir has interviewed them um, <laughs> I've been focusing a lot On the Bravo stars um, Amir and I were uh, On a panel together Commenting on Summer House And that crew was so fun nope. So I loved getting to interview Paige Um um, and then, you know, having the first interviews with like a Real Housewife of Beverly Hills was fun. I talked to Sutton Strack. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprisingly, my favorite interview so far that I totally geeked out over was the the guest star on Roni this year, who's been recurring on Real Housewives of New York, Martin Snow. He's the boxing so coach good. for <laughs> Tinsley and Leah. And I mean, when I tell you... I get so inspired by the most random sources. Uh, like, well, I shouldn't say that about Martin because he's so incredible. But Billy Ray Cyrus, for example. For me, that's kind of random to find a deep amount of inspiration from that man. Um, but he... <laughs>
0: that is pretty weird. <laughs> he,
1: he, he, he was on Miley Cyrus's um, Instagram Live bright minded when she was doing it in quarantine and the things that he were saying spoke to me so deeply at that moment. I think I was just going through, I was just going through it like everybody else. And, and he was just so inspiring being like, I've read one book in my life.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) heard that. I was like, what? And it's how
1: to think and grow rich. And I was like, I'm going to read that book because Billy Ray Cyrus has read one book about getting rich and he got rich and, and all this stuff. I was just like, billy ray is the way so (laughs) i saw on roni rhymes actually he's the way i mean he should run for president i was deeply inspired by him um or start a mega church like kanye um but i was watching roni obviously and martin was just really inspiring for tinsley he inspired her to you know go follow love and find her, her man. And she left and went to Chicago, but all the stuff he was saying was great. And so then I started watching his, um, cameos on the cameo app. He's on there. And I was just imagining that he was giving the advice to me, all the advice that he was giving to people for like $40. I was like, Oh yeah, this, this makes sense. He's all like, you're a legend. You're a legend. And don't let anybody tell you different he's super New Yorker. I can't really even do his accent, but everything he was saying, I was just like, I'm very much here for this advice. So I reached out to him and was like, Hey, do you want to do an interview? And he just talked our ears off for like an hour, t- giving us all the best, ad- <laughs> the best advice. And I left and I was like, I feel so inspired. So I would definitely um, take his boxing classes. They have a place in LA and uh, yeah, he said he's going to Text me when he's here and we're gonna do some Boxing and I'm like absolutely I will give you all of my money I will I will go into Bankruptcy for that man I think that He is he's He's truly a vision Look up
0: Oh god Jane making these um statements Again I will go into bankruptcy For this man (laughs) I I love it I love that so much Um, Speaking of Roni, um, Leah posted a picture of, like, apparently her new boo, who's 25, (gasps) on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, apparently she has a new boo, this photographer guy. And um, everyone's kind of coming for her, and she's defending it and being like, men always date younger women, and no one cares. Like, why can't I date someone younger? Um, Have you dated someone younger? I'm curious. I actually
1: haven't, but I absolutely would. I absolutely would. Especially, like giving them a few more years. You know what I mean? I, I feel like mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely would date a younger guy. I think it all just depends, but I do get weary of when men are matching with me on hinge and I can't even call them men. They're like 19 years old. I'm like, how are you even in my settings to match with me? It's like these kids, these <laughs> kids that I'm like, what is, I mean, none of them are 18 or under. They're all like 19 and up. But I'm like, how did you even find me? But I think there's a market for that.
0: I think 21 and over. Yeah. 21 and over for me. I think I've dated 19 when I was like 28. And I was like, this is... We're like in a different generation. I know.
1: I think currently twenty three is like much. the youngest I would go, but only probably if I met them in real life and and could sense their vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I'm like, oh, this person's such a catch. Give him a few more years. Like I feel like twenty five is like a good good age for dating a yeah. younger man. Totally. Yeah. But I absolutely would. And I'm very much here for that for her, especially because of her journey with Rob. Like, I feel like she just needs Mm -hmm. to branch out a little bit more and be dating Mm -hmm. and having fun. So, I I mean, I could totally see her with a younger guy. And I think it's a vibe.
0: Right? I see it, too. I see it, too. Like, her style and just her energy, like it kind of works and she's not like the type to be like a sugar mama or fall for that bullshit. Right. And
1: I also feel like, um, just in general, there's so many people who start dating like right after college and get together. And then, you know, by the time they're in mid to late twenties, they're getting engaged and they're getting married or whatever. So who's to say that a 23, 25 year old isn't looking for something serious with an older woman, you know? True.
0: It's true. It's all the energy. And I love that you said that because I think it is, a lot of it has a lot to do with energy. Absolutely. Um, Before I let you go, I need to play a game with you. So if you're going on a deserted island, who are you taking? Um, Any celebrities? So And who are you leaving behind? I want to. Take and, leave. take and
1: leave Okay so I would bring Chrissy Teigen Because she would be so funny And she would cook things for me And I saw that she And John and their kids once did a Camp out outside So I feel like she she would know How to have her people pitch a tent And we would need that So I would take Chrissy Teigen totally. And her team Um <laughs>
0: I love that the team is coming. That's going to make your life a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, her glam
1: team and whoever else so that we would look really good on the deserted island.
0: Smart.
1: Um, Smart. So them... <laughs> I mean, that, I'm laughing because
0: everyone I've asked has never said, bring the team. <laughs> They're always just like, they never thought to bring oh, the yeah. team. That's smart. Bring the
1: team because yeah. those people have already yeah. been vetted by Chrissy to being very worthwhile, helpful, and, um, and just a joy to be around. You know, if you're an assistant for a celebrity, like you definitely passed the, the airport test, as they say, of like interviewing someone, sure. would you sure. want to be caught in an elevator with them or in the airport? or airport. So yeah, they've, they've obviously passed all that and they're doing great. Um,
0: I love that. Who
1: who else should I bring? Martin bring Martin. Oh my God. He teach, (laughs) he teach me (laughs) and like, and yeah, just spear a bunch of fish for us. I w I wouldn't be vegetarian anymore. If I was on this Island, I would be very, um, I would be climbing trees for our coconuts and, (laughs)
0: Um, I want to, okay, Jane, I want to ask you about, um, quarantine, uh, dating. Like, what was that? What is that like? Obviously being on hinge, a lot of people are back on dating apps. Um, what is that like?
1: Yeah. I mean, so you and I were both quarantined and they uh, are. Quarantining at our respective households mm-hmm. in Chicago and Orange County. Mm-hmm. So, dating for me was non existent for that entire time yes. because it was just long walks at midnight with my mother. And some chamomile tea, mm-hmm. so it was it was not eventful in that sense. Um, but it is interesting the amount of people who are kind of in your orbit who come just out of the woodwork, DMing and mm-hmm. things like that, um, out of a uh, somewhat of a necessity, it seems. <laughs> um, so coming back to LA, I feel like, you know, the apps are really popping off right now. And it's just a matter of, um, what your moral, um, compass is guiding you towards, <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> but everything Mary is Dean. shutting down again. Every. Everything is shutting down again, so I don't know if people are gonna again um stop hanging out or whatever, but I do feel like a lot of people have kind of been like testing the waters lately mm-hmm. um, and that's probably why there's giant spikes in l a so yep I don't know man. I get it Just I mean, don't know
0: it's tough. I, I'm with my parents as well and it's you know it's y- y- you get the horn sometimes, you know so I I feel that the way you get
1: horned up, you get get horned horned up. up.
0: You do. You absolutely do. And
1: you're holed (laughs) up, you're holed up. And it's just like
0: you're horned up and you're holed up. And that's why I like you go on walks with my family and, you know, are getting quarantine haircuts. People are dying their hair. Now I understand why everyone was dying their hair different colors. It seems kind of fun.
1: Yeah, Yeah. people are getting bangs. People are really going for a new look. I'm going for the look of burnt marshmallow (laughs) right now. That is my vibe. I got back to L.A. and everyone's like throwing these beach parties because that's the only thing that we can do. And I hopped straight off the plane from Chicago, having eaten all of this cheese and being holed up inside. Mm -hmm. And now I'm forced to go to the beach and I'm just getting burnt and toasted. And I feel like a burnt marshmallow. Um,
0: <laughs> that's a great name. I love that. Burnt marshmallow. That's hilarious. Um, but, you that's know, I,
1: I was back to teaching at the yoga studio and now the yoga studio is closed. I was like really getting back on my groove and like starting to feel good again. Mm-hmm. And now everything's closed down. So oh. we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll just be hiking and doing neighborhood walks and whatever else. And probably just go to tanning beds or something which i haven't done since high school but desperate times
0: desperate times call for des- desperate measures i get it um thank you so much jane johnson for being on the show we talked epstein we talked kardashians kanye running for president and of course the amazing comedy show and roasting battles that you're a part of um, if you all want to follow jane johnson it's j-a-n-e j-o-h-n-s-e-n underscore on instagram and twitter Go follow her. It was so fun to have her on the show. And thank you for being here for The Take On for the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm Amira. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and the take on at bpn.fm backslash the take on. And of course on my Instagram at Amir Yoss official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate the take on wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests.